This is Joseph and welcome to my podcast, Ineskwela. Sa podcast na ito, you will hear me talking about anything that grabs my attention, na may kinalaman sa mga Kristiyanong Pinoy ngayon, and the broader culture that they inhabit. Tara, maguntahan tayo. Sa episode na ito, itinutuloy ko yung uh, sinimulan ko from the previous episode where I began to make a case for why I believe the Ten Commandments are actually the moral standard that is of highest utility sa paglikha ng isang just and well-functioning human society. Ngayon, sinabi ko na I am making this case dahil uh, I am responding doon sa mga social activists ng ating panahon, yung tinatawag na mga wokes, they are putting forward this accusation, common accusation sa atin ngayon uh, that Christians are actually of no social utility, wala silang pakinabang sa lipunan kasi nga sila daw ay makalangit sila ay masyadong nakatuon doon sa tinatawag na mga spiritual na bagay that the, this is actually fostering an attitude of complacency and indifference sa pagdating sa usapin ng injustices. And they make this accusation, in my opinion, most likely because of their frustration of failing to enlist Christians into joining their advocacies, many of which are contrary to Christian values. I believe that if a case could be made that the Ten Commandments should actually be at the very core of a society's moral standard, if it is going to function well and if it is going to function justly, If that is proven, then it would be entirely justified na sabihin na yung mga Kristiyano ay, at least theoretically, sila yung highest social utility sa isang lipunan. Uh, because the essence of the Ten Commandments, yung pinaka-puso ng sampung utos, to yung kinakatawan ng pagkatao, persona, at katuruan ni Yeso Kristo. And this is at the very heart of Christian ethics, yung tinatawag na kingdom or heavenly ethics. Sa nakaraang episode, we began with the first four commandments, yung unang apat na utos, at kagaya ng sinabi ko, itong unang apat na utos, ito yung mga utos na mas may kinalaman sa tungkulin ng tao sa kanyang manlilikha, sa kanyang uh, Diyos. These are commandments that are more directly relating to God. Kaya tinatawag ito karaniwan na mas religious na commandments, but I made the argument that this is actually of highest social utility ren hindi pwedeng sabihin na yung second table of the law lang yung may kinalaman sa lipunan because the second table of the law stands on the first table of the law it gets their life it gets their vitality and their anchor from the religious commandments commandment number 1 to 4 pero bago tayo tumuloy sa second table of the law Uh, let me say a few more things about the first table of the law bago natin ito iwanan. Uh, gusto kong idagdag itong observation na ito. That when a society actually loses its grasp of transcendental values, then they shift to values that are more materialistic 
and naturalistic. Kapag yung isang lipunan ay uh, nawala yung kanilang pagtuon at pagtingin doon sa mga transcendental values, which as I have said, pag sinabi nating transcendental values, ito yung, yung transcendent ay yung reality that goes beyond the merely material and the merely uh, natural These are beyond that, kaya yung tinatawag na transcendent because it transcends the merely material and the merely uh, natural. When a society loses its grasp on these transcendental values, which as I have argued in the last episode, actually draw their reality from God, who is the ultimate transcendent reality. Ang nangyayari sa isang lipunan is they be they begin to gravitate and shift to values that are more materialistic, that are more naturalistic. Big sabihin ang mas nagiging pangunahing layunin ng mga tao sa lipunan na yon ay yung material at yung physical. Uh, they gravitate towards baser pursuits of life. Siguro Uh, in, in, in order to put a handle on this concept, pwede natin itong tawagin na state idolatry or cultural idolatry, which is not just religious idolatry, although conceptually iisa lang itong mga ito. Ang nangyayari kasi, instead of the exaltation and promotion of God at yung mga virtues and values that are consistent with God, With such transcendent reality, yung nagiging pangunahing, uh, pangunahin at pinakamataas na pagpapahalaga ng lipunan ay material. Material wealth, earthly status, or physical indulgence. So ang nagiging paraan ng pamumuhay nila ngayon, contrary to a religious and moral way of life, is cheap hedonism. Pag sinabing hedonism, the pursuits of pleasure, and cheap hedonism means the pursuit of cheap pleasures of life, and materialism, the accumulation of material things as a way to find fulfillment. And this is actually how the Apostle Paul reads human society. They have exchanged the glory of the immortal God. Big sabihin, kapag ka yung, yung lipunan ng tao ay nireject niya yung reality, yung transcendent reality ng kaluwalhatian ng isang immortal na Diyos and everything that is anchored on God, every transcendent values and virtues that are un- anchored uh, on the existence of God, then what will happen is that human beings and societies would begin chasing cheaper values. Uh, mga may kinalaman lamang sa physical at sa material. They will exchange the glory of the immortal God for images resembling the creatures. They will put the creature, the material, the physical, the natural as their primary pursuits of life. They will worship the material creation rather than the, than the transcendent creator. Kaya ang nagiging pangunahin na aim ng kanilang buhay ay pleasure, entertainment, comfort, and wealth. And they would have little regard for transcendental 
meaning, and purpose in life and the formation of moral virtues, of moral character. Yan ang nagiging gravity na hihila sa lipunan ng tao. The Roman Empire is a great historical example of this. Now, hindi ako kumukuha dito ng straight analogy, obviously, because the Roman Empire was not a worshiper of God. But let me just uh, expound this, flesh this out, because I think that uh, it illustrates the point to some degree. Now, when the Roman Empire uh, entered a period, yung tinatawag na period ng Roman decadence, pinaniniwalaan ng ilang mga mag-aaral ng kasaysayan that it was actually the start of the decline of the Roman Empire that eventually led to its fall in the 5th century. Itong Roman decadence na ito was the period ng mga tinatawag na mad emperors at itong panahon na ito ay characterized by hedonism ay dito sa panahon na ito yung mga tinatawag na Roman orgies. So they loved to party and to party hard. Uh, they engaged in sexual orgies. Uh, it was the classic decadence case of sex and chocolates. Yun yung naging pangunahin ng mga pursuits ng kanilang buhay. And they even gave themselves up and their people up to entertainments that are violent, cruel for entertainment's sake. And many historians, as I've said, agree in the analysis that with the decline of the old Roman values, what, what was the old Roman values? Family life, productivity, societal values, yung tinatawag nilang dignitas, and then yung virtue formation nila, which is yung tinatawag naman nilang virtus, yung pagkakaroon ng karakter moral character so noong iniwan itong mga ito it was also the start of their decline and their eventual fall and what I'm drawing from that is moral decadence leads to societal deterioration and morality as I have said if it is going to be stable can only be anchored on that transcendental reality which is God God gives a solid, immovable foundation for morality. Sa tingin ko, uh, merong parallel yan sa ating modernong panahon. Kasi yung ating modernong panahon, masasabi natin at least in comparison to where we used to be, we are in a state of material affluence, marama, we are well provided, uh, we, do, we do not experience deprivation as much as the Uh, previous generations did and it and we are living in a time where we are afforded unlimited entertainment that we can access anytime we want with our smartphones and Netflix and this may be contributing to the moral deterioration of society. Pwede nating basahin yung society after the fashion of the interpretation of the Apostle Paul in Romans chapter 1 kung saan ipinakita niya na yung resulta ng idolatry ay sexual wantonness, distorted pleasure-seeking, cheap hedonism, 
and the giving in to baser pleasures uh, of the bodies uh, with very little regard on things that have to do with transcendent realities such as virtue formation, such as morality, such as transcendental meaning and purpose in life. So yun yung nangyayari. Kaya patuloy kong in-advance dyan yung argument that the first four commandments is of highest social utility. At kapag ka mas lumalayo tayo sa mga utos na ito, which directs our worship to God, tinuturuan tayo na ang pinakalayunin natin ay yung highest good who is a transcendent reality, God, uh, beyond the material, beyond the physical, beyond the natural. And His being is not to be confused, in fact, with the material and the merely natural. And His character must be valued rather than trivialized by the society. And it is towards Him that we must orient our regular routines. So the farther that we move away from this, the closer we become to moral and political chaos. So now, uh, pwede na tayo mag-transition doon sa mga mas social at mas societal uh, duties na uh, ipinahayag doon sa sampung utos. And this is what is called the second table of the law uh, na cover from the fifth commandment all the way through the tenth commandment. Pero ang transition niyan actually is the fourth commandment. Kasi sa fourth commandment, uh, doon nakalagay yung panawagan ng pamamahinga sa presensya ng Diyos, which is interpreted uh, both by the Jews and the Christians as the observance of the Sabbath, which is activities that must be filled with uh, worship uh, towards God. And so the fourth commandment has relation to our duty to God. But it also transitions to our more social duties, more earthly activities. Kasi sa fourth commandment, ipinapakita doon kung paanong sa loob ng aning, anim na araw, bago yung ating araw ng pamamahinga at panambahan, we must give ourselves to a life of earthly productivity. Uh, so the fourth commandment, speaks of our duty to God, but it transitions to our earlier duty of being a productive citizen and member of human society. Uh, and I think that this is a good combination. Pinagsasama rito yung earthly productivity at yung ating relasyon sa Diyos. At hindi natin ito pwedeng paghiwalayin if we are going to be of truly social good. Uh, one thing that it shows is that our pursuit of productivity must always be oriented, must always be redirected and reoriented towards the highest good, which is for the Christian God. While we get our living from our daily work on earth, dapat na makita natin ng ating layunin sa buhay ay yung mga realidad that are beyond the material and the earthly. It relates to what is heavenly, to what is concerning God. 
And this is of high social utility. In fact, this is one of the mind-boggling legacies of the Reformation. Uh, maraming mga mag-aaral ng kasaysayan, uh, they agree that the Reformation was an impetus for the rise of production in the modern world. Ibig sabihin, yung modernong panahon natin with its increase in production, eh ang isa sa mga impetus niyan, if not the major impetus, was the event in the 16th century, the Reformation. Now, sinabi ko na mind-boggling legacy yan ng Reformation because this is quite counterintuitive. Because the Reformation was not a political movement, it was not a socio-economic movement, it was a religious movement. At yung karaniwan dun sa mga sociologists na pinag-aaralan nila na kung paanong yung Reformation ay nag-lead doon sa modern world with its increase in productivity, ang kanilang interpretation is that it is because Reformation exalted the pursuit of productivity Inherent yun doon sa Protestant work ethic ng excellence and faithfulness at saka yung doctrine ng vocation. So they, they exalted the pursuit of productivity and then they coupled it up with an ethic of frugality and abstinence. Ibig sabihin yung pagtitipid at yung pagiging uh, self-denying. Eh, sinasabi nila na itong combination na ito yung dahilan. So, what do you have with a person na matipid siya pero gawa siya ng gawa? Well, you have the increase of goods. You have the increase of production. So, yun yung iniisip nila. And one, of one person who said this was the Reformation historian Carl Hall sa kanyang aklat na The Cultural Significance of the Reformation. Sabi niya, by proclaiming the duty to work for the sake of production and by proclaiming simultaneously the spirit of humble simplicity, Luther gave a tremendous boost to the economic production of goods. Ibig sabihin, yung pinaghalong kasipagan, which was the Protestant ethic of work, at saka yung pagtitipid, yung pamumuhay ng simple, ayan eh ang nagresulta kung bakit uh, dumami yung goods sa ating panahon. Now, I believe na may tama sa analysis na yan, but it is not sufficient. Because it was not frugality that the reformers and their followers exalted. Hindi yung pagtitipid, ang chief ethic ng protestantism. Ang issue sa Reformation was the gospel. Protestantism recovers the gospel of Christ which reoriented men back to their higher purpose who is God. Ibinalik yung mga tao sa kanilang direktang relasyon sa Diyos sa pamamagitan ni Heso Kristo. Uh, their productivity therefore was spared not with frugality primarily, but with a non-materialistic value of life, which produced non-materialistic ethics. So the combination of productivity and a pursuit in life that is transcendent, that is beyond the material and the physical and the, the natural, this combination led to a more productive society. And that is the genius of the fourth commandment. We must not separate our earthly material work from 
its religious significance. That is why the order of going back regularly to God to worship Him uh, and to be re redirected to heavenly realities in a cycle of work, eh, kailangan natin yan for a better society. Maganda yung point dyan ni Daniel Bell who was a Harvard sociologist Uh, sinabi niya sa kanyang paper na The Cultural Contradictions of Capitalism, changes in moral temper and culture are not amenable to social engineering or political control. They derive from the moral traditions of society and this cannot be designed by precept. The ultimate sources are the religious conceptions which undergird a society. American capitalism has lost its traditional legitimacy which was based on a moral system of reward rooted in a Protestant sanctification of work. It has substituted in its place a hedonism which promises a material ease and luxury which shies away from all the historic implications which a voluptuary system and all its social permissiveness and libertinism implies. So napakaganda nung point na yan. Sinasabi niya dyan na yung production, it has to do with the values of a society. And yung capitalism, it worked for the most part in past history because of uh, this Protestant ethic of works which is rooted in religious realities, in religious conceptions. Kaya yung panahon natin ngayon with its uh, tendency towards materialism and consumerism, this is not a problem that is systemic. This is not a problem of merely political and economic system. This is primarily a problem of morality and a problem which is at the root the loss of religious conceptions and religious reality. That is why the fourth commandment connects our productivity to our uh, religious beliefs. It's transcendental anchor. Now just a little break. If you want a shop to buy your needs from who are committed to this Protestant ethic of providing excellent goods at a fair price, let me introduce you to our podcast episode sponsor, Everyday Pinoy. Are you looking for a shop that has all your everyday needs? Everyday Pinoy's got you. With over 200 products ranging from kitchenware, dinnerware, cleaningware, health and cosmetics, motor gear, and even electronic accessories committed ang Everyday Pinoy to make sure that every Pinoy can get their everyday needs at affordable cost and excellent quality. For the next 10 days, all their products are at deep discounts up to 70%. They also have amazing vouchers, free shipping, and 20% cashback. Click on the link at the description below and get your everyday needs at Everyday Pinoy. So going back to the social utility of the fourth commandment, eh, meron nag-i-illustrate ng point na yan uh, in the creation of a secular and even anti-religious society during Stalin's Soviet Union. 
1929 na sinimulan nila yung tinatawag na Neprerivka which was an attempt to do away with the 7-day week cycle. What they did was to actually do away with the traditional 7-day work rest cycle. Yung Neprerivka ay yung continuous work. Instead of that 7-day week cycle, they adopted a system of continuous work week kung saan they designated individuals to some rotational workforce. Uh, pwede natin itong ihalintula doon sa coding system ng ating kotse kung saan may mga oras depende sa code mo, uh, may mga araw na hindi ka pwedeng bumiyahe. So meron silang code kung kailan yung ilang mga individual members nila ay pwedeng mamahinga. But it was done in such a way that there would be a continuous production of goods. Ibig sabihin, yung machineries would never have a day that it is not ra- running. The promise of that is increase in productivity. Or after all, the machineries would keep going. There's no one idle day. What was the result of that? It was counterproductive. After 11 years of trial and error, uh, they stopped the program in 1940 at bumalik sila sa 7-day week cycle. Kasi yung purpose nila was to produce. They found it as a bonus na it would become more challenging for the people to exercise religion and it would actually devalue family values which is something that, Mar- that Marxism is not fond of. Uh, so, uh, in the creation of this Marxist society, they actually removed the impetus for productivity. And the, the incentive for work was actually worship during Sunday and rest and bond together with family. And yan yung inexpress ng mga tao sa sulat nila doon sa Pravda, the official newspaper ng Communist Party. The letters complained yung staggered rest days nila actually defeated the purpose of their time off. Uh, sabi dong isang letter, What is there for us to do at home if our wives are in the factory, our children at school, and nobody can visit us? It is no holiday if you have to do it alone. Then another letter read, How are we to work now if mother is free on one day, father on another, brother on a third, and I myself on a fourth? So they found that as a bonus because as I've said, uh, the creation of a Marxist society would actually need to devalue family life uh, because your loyalty would chiefly be on the state. It proved counterproductive and that included worship. So it was not something that really proved of social good in terms of production. Now, this is a good place to jump to the fifth commandment, which is honor your father and your mother, which I want to join together for our purposes with commandment number seven, which is thou shall not commit adultery. Now, in the combination of these commandments, meron ditong recognition that the smallest unit of a human society is the nuclear family. 
Dito sa nuclear family, dapat na maranasan ng isang batang ipapanganak ay uh, yung disciplinary and civilizing influence as well as the nurturing environment uh, bago siya lumabas uh, sa sanlibutan. Before he or she is going to be let out to the world, uh, he or she is already has already experienced a disciplinary and civilizing influence at the home which was also the environment of nurture. So this is where the child is going to learn to integrate within social institutions kung saan matututunan niya na pumasok sa loob ng legitimate hierarchies of society. Kaya nga kasama sa essence ng fifth commandment, yung lahat ng uri ng subjection to legitimate authorities, it extends to sub submission to the state, submission to the church, submission to the workplace, uh, as far as these are functioning well according to the purposes of God. At yan yung civil ethics ng New Testament. And it's it is drawing from the fifth commandment, The starting point and training ground of this civility is of course family life. Ngayon yung cycle ng uh, nuclear family kung saan uh, humuhugot itong mga utos na ito ay drawing from the creation uh, mandate in Genesis 1 verse 24. Therefore a man shall leave his father and his mother and hold fast to his wife and they shall become one flesh. Ibig sabihin, ang pinanghuhugutan nito ay yung creation order ng human society kung saan ang smallest unit ay marriage uh, na nakakabuo ng pamilya. This is God's creation design. From the family where a man was organically produced, he would take a pattern for his family to be. Therefore, a man shall leave his father and his mother. Yun yung model family niya. Doon siya nang galing. Ipinanganak siya mula sa isang ama at ina. And then, they will, and then he would hold fast to his wife, taking that pattern na siya ngayon yung uh, father to be at yung asawa niya yung wife to be. Uh, so, uh, therefore, it must be composed of a would-be mother and a would-be father uh, kung saan yung stable union nila, this will be the suitable environment for raising children. That is why marriage has to be functional. So, we, we speak of these functional families and the idea there is that families must function. Pero pag sinasabi natin na families must function, meron tayong valuing of what the purpose of family is. And iyan yung nakakalimutan ng, ng panahon natin ngayon. Discuss, discussions on marriage today are doing away with the idea of function. It is made as an issue merely of preference, personal happiness, freedom of choice. But the family is an institution that is of highest social utility only if it is functioning right. And if it is not functioning right, it will produce children who are not well-developed and well-integrated to society, at least for the most part, and it cannot be but bad for society. And that is what statistics is revealing to us. Pinapakita ng mga statistics sa mga pag-aaral that children who came from a family of two complementarian parents 
Big sabihin, isang lalaki at isang babae na alam nila yung mga tungkulin nila. They, they fulfill different roles. They do better than those coming from what is called today as the alternative family models. And then, it is also true, statistically speaking, that fatherlessness, the absence of the father, is one of the major problems that are plaguing communities which are high in criminality. And that is expected for a lack of traditional disciplinarian role in the family. And it is also statistically proven that divorce have lasting effects, especially to young children na nakaranas nito sa mga mas batang edad. It is traumatizing para sa kanila. Kaya mayroong pangangailangan sa ating lipunan to recover strong traditional marital values because this is good for society because this is good for children who are the citizens of future society you cannot raise children in a context of a relationship that can dismantle anytime that can be abolished anytime that is not a good place to build a family to raise children only in a stable union of a husband and wife who are committed to a lifelong partnership that is the conducive environment to raise children. Merong exceptions, of course. We know people na pinalaki sila ng isang single mom and yet it turned out well for them to the praise of their parents. Uh, but that is not the normal. That is why there is a problem with this idea of no-fault divorce. If you can divorce anytime, it's not marriage. At least as what marriage is intended to be. Marriage is a relationship that cannot dismantle anytime a person wants. That is why marriage requires maturation, which is the point of Genesis 1 verse 28. And a culture na kagaya sa atin kung saan yung mga young men and young women are told not to care about getting married, just enjoy the freedom and conveniences of their youth, this culture is the breeding ground for immature members of society. Marriage will require a lot of values that will actually compose an individual and make that person strong in his or her character. We do not have an idea how much we need to learn that there are things in life where we can just run away from, where we just can turn our backs from because it is in those contexts that we will produce tenacity, perseverance, loyalty, faith, courage, and a culture of no-fault divorce cannot produce such citizens of character. Noong nakaraang buwan, I officiated a wedding in Antipolo. And that was the month of June. Tawag dun ay Pride Month ng ating panahon. And Pride Month, of course, represents everything that is against this value of traditional marriage and traditional family. So I told the couple during that wedding that they are doing a good work. They are being salt and light to the world. And I sincerely believe that. I sincerely believe that they are going to do more good for themselves and for society than a thousand woke political posts could ever do 
if they do their marriage rights. They won't be uploaded. Hindi sila papalakpakan ng mga tao. They won't get virtue points from woke netizens. But they're going to be doing something harder, something more difficult, something more meaningful, and more praiseworthy. They're going to produce tangible social good than what cheap virtue signaling social activism in front of the keyboard will ever be able to accomplish. So Christian husbands and wives, parents, the next time someone accuses you for not being woke enough for social good, well, don't be so easily intimidated. Again, our social good is here. In the adherence to the essence of the Ten Commandments as embodied in the person of Christ. And if you are not living out the Ten Commandments para sa mga nakikinig, what you are doing is that you are actually contributing not to social good but to social harm. And much worse, your life is an offense to God of whom these commandments reflects the character. It reflects the character of God. Kaya kailangan mo ng redemption. And this redemption is available for you if you would repent of your lawlessness and embrace the redemption that is offered to you at the cross of Jesus Christ. So sa susunod na episode, we will proceed to the other commandments. Thank you for listening again at In Escuela. Bye!